an equality check. Oh, thank goodness. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, July 10th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the more things change, the more they stay the same. And from America's left coast, where cleaning up graffiti is a hate crime, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, you got a whole lot of stuff going on in Seattle. None of it's good. But before we get to that, a very special guest on today's show. We're keeping this tradition going. We've been doing a lot of interviews with a lot of our fellow podcasters, mainly as Sir Bemrose pointed out to me the other day. It seems like maybe I'm co-host shopping. I'm not confirming and I'm not denying. But with that, from the hog story land, direct from the smoker, Carolyn Blaney, how are you? I'm good, Darren. Ryan, thank you for, for having me on the show. Direct from the yeah, direct from the smoker. Now, is this the first time the we've gone international? I th- uh, I think so. Or unless you did, you have Sir Matthew had, on. Yeah, that's true. We had Sir Matthew. Uh, we we also had Void Zero early. Well, that wasn't but, really. Was that really Void? I thought that was just a really well crafted AI. Well, no, it, it was it was his son Stephen, mostly, and then Void said something sometimes on Stephen's microphone. Yes, which when we like talking to Stephen. Because he is uh, getting to be a better podcaster than Void. I'm, we're going to hear some more once Void actually has an internet connection again. This is something that you don't normally hear about a podcaster, that they don't have an internet connection. That's bad. But how are things up in Canada? Are, I mean, they can't be quite as crazy as they are in the United States, right? <laughs> uh, well, as far as um, like pro- like violent protests, um, that, uh, it's, not, it's not like that here. Um, there, but um, there, there's uh, now now when uh, places like in Toronto, Kingston, I think Ottawa, they've mandated uh, mandatory masks in indoors, uh, in public indoors, not in your home. Thank goodness, because that wouldn't be very good. <laughs> hey, there are some places I think they're going to try that here. Uh, they, they, I think they've already tried that. I don't know about homes, but there's been. Uh, um, Washington actually has mandatory masks in all public spaces, which includes things like public parks. So if you're the only person on your block surrounded by uh, 30 meters of air on all sides, you are still required to wear a mask or some Karen's going to call you in. Well, that's fun. But I'm assuming in Canada, you actually have police forces. Are they talking about getting rid of all those bad police officers in Canada? I was actually I was just reading an article in on CBC uh, .ca, uh, there is a section for CBC Kids, and it, they were talking about um, how uh, kids were celebrating in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, about how they're they're not going, to, they're no longer going to have police officers in the schools coming in every day. So that, and there, this article was talking about this kid who was going to go into high school, and they they're really con- they were really concerned and nervous about. Uh, going to school because there's going to be police officers but now now they don't have police officers coming into the schools any longer which means they're probably I mean, it depends there's not police officers normally 
in schools here, except for the ones mm-hmm. in areas where there is a crime problem, which is what really doesn't make sense to me in any of this. And one of the which is most of the country these days. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there was a story this morning. Seattle City Council now backs the call to defund the police by 50 percent. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand. This is a concept that is not based in logic at all. I mean, this is kind of like going, well, you know what? We don't need the fire department. We don't need hospitals. Yeah. We don't need any of these things that are there for public service. And if anybody was like, well, no, we, you know what? We're going to cut the budget for the fire department in half. And then s- stuff just starts burning down and they don't have enough people to go and put the fires out. I don't understand how you don't see that concept with the police, except but, this is uh, is insanity. What you got there, the, Ryan? The, the way I see it, there's there's three legitimate gripes with, uh, at, at least in the U.S., with the way that police have been behaving. Uh, and one of them is just straight up increased militarization. It is police now are, are becoming military forces and ordering military grade equipment on the taxpayer dime. and uh, it, it, this leads to things like, uh, you know, whenever somebody reports that there, you know, uh, there might be domestic uh, violence in, you know, in someone's house. And they, of course, report this simply because someone else killed them in Call of Duty or something. It, then the SWAT team shows up, immediately shoots the dog and then starts asking questions that that's not right. That sort of thing shouldn't be happening. Uh, however, um, well, it, it's it not does, and it's really. A, it's but- ad- well, it, it does happen. It doesn't. I mean, it's not happening in every city and it's not happening every day, uh, but it is the stories that get that get publicized and and made, you know, blown up because, oh, interesting stories. It's it's the point oh 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 one percent of police that are causing the problem. But everybody Mm -hmm. can look at their local police station and go, you know, that armored vehicle wasn't there before. And even I've never seen an armored vehicle at our police department. Well, you're obviously, you know, sneaking inside of their garage. Uh, but, but there's uh, two other structural problems with at least the way police in America work, which is uh, qualified immunity and uh, uh, civil forfeiture. And both of those are doctrines which are changing the incentive structure incorrectly. And, and we can have a, a conversation about whether or not those doctrines are there. But the result of those we, we have and we may probably will again. But the result of all of that means that the people who are calling for, you know, I hate the police, cops all suck you, the, uh, the all cops are bastard crowd, uh, have legitimate concerns which are getting completely lost in the extreme hyperbole of defund the police and all cops are bastards, which I, it, I don't think we're going to get any argument on in, in any part of this conversation that, that taking those stances to their logical ends will result in a worst society and not a better one. Well, and a lot of this comes down to the media straight out getting stories wrong or straight out lying. We saw it with the hands up, don't shoot in Ferguson. We saw it uh, with you know Trump again with his you know good people on both sides. But there was one story that has been mentioned a bunch with the George Floyd stuff. And I uh, will admit uh, a moment that I just, had not really case. seen a whole lot on the Breonna Taylor thing. Just in case we have any listeners or or fellow podcasters who don't remember what the hands up, don't shoot thing was, uh, what, what was that? That was the media story that the police gunned down 
shot in the back, if I remember correctly, a black man in Ferguson that turned out to be untrue 100 percent that the guy was actually attacking the cop, didn't have his hands up. But that was the media covered the story as it was an unarmed black man with hands up saying, don't shoot. And the cop shot him in the back. The reality of the story, which came out later, of course, from people in the neighborhood. I think there may even have been video of people (laughs) in the neighborhood because cameras and phones are everywhere showed that, no, the guy, when he was shot, would had actually just attacked the cop. And this is what happened. But the media covered it in such a way, just like the media has covered this Breonna Taylor story, which I really hadn't heard much about. But her name has been mentioned a lot with George Floyd that, Mm -hmm. you know, allegedly you heard. And tell me if you're wrong on this. The story that I heard was, well, she was doing nothing wrong in her home and was just shot for no apparent reason that if you heard a different story with Breonna Taylor. I personally heard the name a bunch, but I never bothered to look up the story. I figured it was hyperbole. Well, the reality is that the police came to her door and were serving a no knock warrant. But in this case, they said, no, we're not going that way. They knocked on the door for between 45 seconds in a minute. Now, even her boyfriend who was in the apartment, they were violating the terms of the warrant. No. No, I don't think knocking. You don't really understand what I'm talking about, but that's maybe why I'm looking for a new co-host. But the story that the media was telling a no knock warrant. Yeah, but they decided they were going to knock. And they did. So the story was they just broke into her, you know, kicked the door down, went in and shot her. That wasn't the reality. Now, even her boyfriend is admitting that they pounded on the door for 45 seconds to a minute. And now the only question now is the police say they identified themselves. The boyfriend is saying they didn't. But to believe this now, he's admitted that they were pounding on the door. We're supposed to believe that the police were pounding on the door, but warrants going, you know, please, we have a warrant. I don't necessarily believe that. You would hope there was body cam footage or something of that. But again, the story we were told was, she was peaceably in her apartment and the police knocked the door down and shot her well no they banged on the door at the very least even her boyfriend admits this for 45 seconds to a minute before they breached the door the minute they breached the door the boyfriend shot at the cops which is why they returned fire which is why she's dead this isn't a simple Uh, story of she was just at home doing nothing And and the cops came in and shot her. Not true. And and obviously, if well, it sounds like she wasn't doing anything. You didn't. Mm -hmm. She was. You know, maybe other people around were, but well, she was standing uh, right next to the boyfriend as he started shooting at the cops, and uh, that's a bad place to be. So, so what you're saying is guilt by association. She brought it on herself. No, I would say she was in the wrong place with the wrong person who opened fire on the police. And and really, uh, when. When it's not a good move, thugs no. come and kick in your door. See, no, don't give me this bullshit. This oh, armed thugs. So you're telling me the police can't fucking do anything by your whole oh, the police they can do anything they want. You're full of shit, just like you were the last time. You have no point, no point at all with this. Oh, so the armed thugs come through the doors. So, okay, so the police this year, so you must be for defund the police 
because it seems like you're under the same guise of, well, we don't want anybody to come get any of the criminals because, you know, that would be bad. That's a leap of logic. No, it's not. Then tell me how you would how you would do this then. If you're serving a warrant, what would you do? You're you're sending armed thugs. Okay, so what are you going to do? I'm not there. I'm not a police officer. No, no, so you are. You're saying you have a better fucking idea. What are you doing then to serve that warrant? Uh, What's your idea uh, if you're not sending armed thugs to do it? I I didn't say that I wouldn't. I just, just, I, I characterize them as armed thugs. I did not say that that's not what I would do. Well, then you're kind of saying that. Then what's the answer in a case like this? Uh, okay. So you, you can really, never serve you, a warrant really to want, somebody who really might fire at the police? Be, you really want where I would be that you're going to have to back up a whole lot more because I am in favor of much smaller government and the highly probable chances is that whatever the hell these armed thugs were showing up at their door, whatever warrant would be served, if I were the king of everybody and deciding everything, it probably wouldn't have been illegal. Uh, so, um, I mean, if, if you get to the point where you are sending, you know, quote unquote armed thugs to serve a warrant, then, uh, you've already, you've already gone to the point where, where you, you are invoking the force of state against a private citizen and, and let's back up and find out, you know, what was the warrant for? What, what was actually happening? What was it? Was it a drug charge, for example? That seems to be what a lot of these are. But whatever uh, it, it was, it triggered the need. And it was, suppo- you know, again, this is kind of like saying a cop should never pull somebody over for speeding or doing whatever because they might get shot because the person might shoot at them, which is what happened here. They thought this was a very low uh, issue. You know, they thought very low problem of something like this happening, which is why they change it from a no knock warrant. They knocked on the door. It was a search warrant. Mm-hmm. Don't even know what it was for. And the minute they go there to get the search warrant done, a guy pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the cops. I don't know. I don't know how there's any different thing, no matter how you want to quantify the cops, whether they're armed thugs or not. So would you expect the cops then to go in, whoever's enforcing your law in Bemrose land, not to have a weapon at all? And then just when they go and have to enforce something, then they just get shot. What's without being able to protect themselves? What? Well, if I can go revise history, I'd maybe make the cops a little bit better shot so they can take out the actual threat and not his girlfriend. Right. Because somebody. okay, I know you shoot guns. (laughs) If there's somebody standing next to the person that's shooting, what do you you do? I I don't disagree with any of your points here. I'm just utterly fascinated that I was able to trigger you. Oh, this. Come on. It's good radio. <laughs> well, this is, Darren. This this story really reminds me of uh, a story that happened. I think about the same time as George Floyd's, uh, and this this happened up here. Um, it was a case of uh, you know, this young woman who was uh, half half black, half indigenous, and and I say that only because it um, they used this her her death as um, a way to say you know the the police or uh, you know. We, we've got to be against police brutality. And of course, they're not saying that they're they're saying they're they're marching with Black Lives Matter. They're not mar- they're not saying, um, uh, you know, down with police brutality is what really people should be saying um, that this story happened where uh, the mom was concerned about her, the safety of her daughter in her apartment. 
the, the, the mom calls 911, um, gets police called over to her home, and the, the young woman just is found uh, that she fell down or supposedly fell or pushed perhaps uh, from, from, uh, from her uh, balcony. Nice. And, and she was pronounced dead. So that, um, like, and nobody really knows what, what happened. I mean, for all we know, she could have just, she could have been totally scared. I mean, I, I don't know what her, the state of her mind was, uh, that she, she just went, she just, you know, jumped out or thought she could just jump out. Um, or she, she was pushed out and run into a door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, and, and of course the, the families, uh, there, I, I think there was, uh, they're, they're going to have some kind of, uh, they got, they lawyered up and I think they're, they're trying to get a, get a case against, against the police. Um, but of course, of course I, I haven't heard that story in weeks and this is weeks ago <laughs> and there were protests of in, in downtown Toronto over it. And of course they they don't, they don't talk about it anymore. Uh, here, here's a question. When Canadians protest, uh, mm-hmm. do they apologize for it? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They probably apologize for, for being in the way <laughs> and, um, just causing, uh, traffic jams. See, but they, they <laughs> probably don't get into the expressways and then stand in front of moving vehicles. Just guessing maybe smarter than that, but, uh, or, or just apologize for being a speed bump. Right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry for messing up the hood of your car. Hey, <laughs> maybe, but maybe. <laughs> you know, this, this, all of this stuff that's being used in a way to, you know, again, paint a narrative. We're all very familiar with yes. what's going on. Yeah. And it's to paint a narrative, except the answer that they're coming up with in the case of what Seattle wants, because that was the, the front page news today, at least on Breitbart. I mean, probably not on CNN or MSNBC was the Seattle is Seattle is run by a in case for review, Seattle is run by a group of Marxists and retards, and those two categories are not mutually exclusive. Well, the activists that are in the government there for the city council, they have a four-point plan. So, I mean, it's good. They have a plan. They've got four points. The first is to remove Seattle's 911 dispatchers from police control. I don't know who they want to put that under which guise that that should be under i don't know i mean i'm not even sure what our 911 is under yeah, locally write it to a google voice number <laughs> i think a lot of these people who want to get rid of that have never had to use 911 you know because well it's it's more than just calling the police i mean i guess in yeah. some areas you know you have more crime than you do health issues calling you know for an ambulance or whatever but you know i i don't know who you want to put that under the control of but I mean, that's easily debatable. You know, if you think the police are bad and you want that to be in some kind of third party. Two zero one four eight four one. You're right. Call them up. Uh, the second point of the plan is to scale up community based solutions to public safety. So aren't the police, didn't they start as a community based solution <laughs> to public safety? I mean, are we not everything they're saying when they're like, well, we don't want the police. We want something community based. Aren't the police community based almost everywhere you go? I mean, it's not like a national police force or something. I, I, I can tell you one, one of those dark secrets in, in the, the deep part of my heart that I usually don't let out because I, it's not good to get your hopes up and still stay grumpy. 
is all of these defund movements are uh, among other things pushing people toward the idea of maybe we we all you know go back to getting privately funded security and which is a straight up libertarian if not anarcho-capitalist idea uh it, it fascinates me that you know the the spectrum of of leftist authoritarian goes so far that it's wrapping in on itself and and they're they're getting to the point where they're like the state should control everything so much and then except for the cops which should suddenly go back to libertarian ideals i i i'm i I am amazed that that they could come up with the i mean obviously the the way that they would work they'd find a way to fuck it up somehow but the idea you know uh minneapolis uh where they've already pretty much canned their whole police department the the city council has already spent a hundred thousand dollars in city funds for private security for the city council members, which, you know, you can get outraged or not, but that is how this sort of thing works. Now, the failing of that, of course, is that, uh, if, if you want security, you have to either a provide it yourself or B be rich enough to be able to pay somebody else to provide for you. The, uh, having the police, uh, the state provide police services was supposed to get around that and equalize classes. But what it, it is fascinating that when they're, pushing so hard for equality these violent radical leftists are actually abandoning the idea of equality and going with we want people to be superior when it feels right and they're totally leaving for example the working class in the dust you know you can't afford to go out and and buy well maybe maybe you can because you're uh, you're both rich podcasters but most people can't afford to go out and hire private security to follow them around all the time. Uh, oh. And, and of course I'm leaving off the other side of the security equation, which is that if you can't, if you can't afford to pay somebody to provide security for you and the state is not willing to provide security for you, then you're left on your own to provide your own security, which means go buy a gun. Right. Which they're against, but that's the you know scale up community based solutions I'm to public safety. To, I'm not hearing a lot of, of being against guns. <laughs> the the last couple of weeks i'm just letting you know no that has especially in seattle that has disappeared but that's it's the interesting concept. that it's gone to, to a to a classist way of uh like you can afford security um but but if you're if you're just if you can't afford it it's the the it's dividing the haves and the have nots as to as to whether or not you're you're going to be protected by secure uh, some kind of uh, private security or community-based security right which is the sad you thing because it is like police yeah it's the poor neighborhoods they're going to have the crime and it's already happening in new york where they got rid of the violent crime unit that shootings are up like 300 percent already over last year and i mean i know other things are going on with covid and all that kind of thing but the numbers seem pretty clear that you get rid of the police and things go nuts and this concept that well we'll come up with some community-based solutions you know, I don't know if they're thinking something like in the old days where you had a community watch group, but like you think private citizens are going to be able to take this into their own hands. I mean, private citizens can't even raise their children anymore who are in their homes. And you, you, you think know what was a, a good example of a community based solution? The police Back in the old west hiring, getting your whole town together to hire a private gunfighter to go after the outlaws that have been plaguing the town. Right. That is a community based solution. Which turned into the police. 
So there you go. Because <laughs> that was your sheriff, you know, and that was you went. You're right. And that's why in all the old Westerns, quite often the sheriffs were corrupt or they were the gunslingers who, you know, reformed. Yeah. Or, or or one one town's sheriff was actually a pretty good gunfighter who had got on the wrong side of the law two states away and fled. But, you're, you know, the, time. the old Westerns do make a really good point when it comes to this community based solutions to public safety as uh, the concept was just mentioned in the troll room. And if you're not there, no agenda stream dot com by uh, Sir Spencer said posse law. Well, you know what? How many times in a movie or an old Western television show did you see, you know, the, the criminals that are terrorizing the town and the sheriff comes out and he's like, well, we're going to need to get a posse together to go get them people. And all of a sudden, all the good citizens all of a sudden get yeller and nobody wants to go along because they don't want to get involved. They don't want to get shot. They don't want to get killed, which is, again, That's a pretty rational reaction. Yeah. Which, again, is why you actually have to pay somebody to do the job that people don't want to do. And you call them the police. And I mean, I'm all for making sure the police aren't breaking the laws. I'm all for all of the, you know, reforms so to you, make you sure. Do you think that that qualified immunity should be eliminated? No. No, I don't believe that because, again, you will kill the concept of anybody becoming a cop. I'm not but, saying but you should be able to get away with anything, but somebody had floated this idea, which was, well, we can just offer insurance to the individual police officers that they can buy. So if they get well, you that, know, that's sued, a very privatized solution as well, but then nobody will become a cop. So then you have a problem. So they well, have you, to have you, no, you fix the incentives if if you. If you pay people enough, it's amazing what they'll do. I don't know and, if that and, and you know, also, this is an economic system that can actually work. Also, if if the only incentive necessary to or if 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 the incentive an incentive necessary to enlist cops is that we have to provide you immunity from breaking the law and doing illegal things. Then I don't. Well, want but that's that not the cop. case because you're seeing incentive. the police officers. That the George Floyd case are being charged. There have been cases where police officers have been found to be dealing drugs and that kind of stuff. They went to jail for that. Cops do go to jail. I mean, I'm not saying well, you don't get a courts, you don't get a full get out of jail free card just because you're a cop. Courts aren't corrupt. Then then if I mean, it, the, eliminating qualified immunity is is turning around the old adage of well, if you don't do anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. Because that's, well, that's not true because we live does. in a litigious society and you know how that system works that okay, well, a cop pulls you over and he says, I'm giving you a ticket and you're a liberal and you cry like, I don't want a ticket. This guy called me a big fat piece of shit. Okay, I'm going to sue just him. Being insulting. Well, there you go. Called me a liberal. What the fuck? <laughs> this is what happens, though. You know, that's I mean, you really if everybody a cop pulls over, everybody they can arrest could you know file a lawsuit directly against them. The system would never work. There's got to okay, be. Well, I mean, that, that's that's a side effect. I mean, the, the well, right. The side effect is, is a side it wouldn't work. Too many laws. Well, I if, do believe there are too many laws. Selective, but, yeah. If, once you have enough laws that you can in, have selective enforcement, then you get the kind of corruption you just described. Uh, but the solution to that isn't isn't give all you know uh, as low IQ people that you recruit into the police department. You know, you, you, I mean, they're, they're searching out low IQ psychopaths and giving them a badge and a gun and saying, go enforce the law and then telling them, and oh, by the way, 
if you happen to completely violate the law, it's okay because you have a badge and therefore you, you can't be prosecuted for this. No, but that's not Which true because that's not what's going on. You keep incentives. repeating the same thing, but that's not what's going on. Okay. Well, so you, you, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the police officers involved in the George Floyd thing aren't in jail and being that have been charged, right? That didn't happen. They, 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 they did. Okay. Well, how can that happen? They have immunity. You're telling well, me that uh, they can do whatever they want. That's not the uh, truth. Uh, so stop I'm, saying I'm, it's the truth because it's not. Well, they, 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 any legal doctrine only plays out once the courts have had their day. And there is a distinct possibility that because the reaction on the part of the prosecutor and city leaders of Minneapolis was so incredibly knee jerk to the situation, there is a possibility that they could get off on a legal technicality. Well, anybody can get off on a legal technicality, so I don't know. Well, that, that, that really, I mean, there's, there's a little more nuance than anybody. No, I don't, I don't think there is. I think there's, there's a lot of that. But I want you to get involved in the third point of the plan that Seattle has, which is fund a community-led process to, quote, imagine life beyond policing. So, so are they looking <laughs> to have like a town? Have you ever seen Mad um, Max? <laughs> <laughs> so, so are they talking stocks and tomatoes being thrown at people in stocks and and hanging people and uh, guillotines in you know, the town square? You know, that's a good point, too, because there was a lot of people being hung in the United States before there was law in the areas where this is what happens when the community takes control of the, this kind of stuff and you take away the reality is here you take away any kind of due process you take away the courts you take away anything except an angry mob which the left does love themselves an angry mob there's no doubt about it but yeah i don't know what imagining life beyond policing means and what they're funding to uh well, I, I i can imagine it for sure uh, it, but it's probably not what the seattle city council is imagining when they drew this up what, what i imagine is is uh you know vigilante justice uh crime running entirely unchecked uh people's rights and even person being violated left and right with zero recourse uh eventually society could adjust to that and we end up uh you know coming together as individual cabals we're we're more divided than ever each you know each neighborhood or each small subset of of uh, the city uh gets together and becomes insular and and then ends up pooling resources for their own private protection and then eventually somebody determines that uh individual neighborhoods having private protection is uh inefficient and they start you know getting together larger and larger pools and at some point you end up with the whole city and you're pooling resources for the protection of everybody in the city and congratulations you've evolved police again but meanwhile uh a whole lot of people suffered and it took probably three generations to do it because of the hubris of these marxist idiots on the city council well yes believing that they can do better but the fourth prong I thought this was the most interesting of all, because, again, this is talking about a four prong plan to abolish the police. Nothing else. And the first three kind of make sense with talking about the 911 dispatchers, talking about a community based solution to public safety 
and even to fund something to try to imagine life beyond policing. But the fourth prong, and this is where you really start seeing the Marxism, communism coming into this and the concept that we can stop crime before it even happens because the fourth prompt <laughs> right it's a pre-crime exactly we are getting into pre-crime because the fourth prong <laughs> is invest in affordable housing which is saying you know what if these people oh, that are criminals carolyn if they just had a nice mm-hmm. place to live then if they only. wouldn't be committing crime it's obvious isn't it it's it's obvious yeah so as so um but you only get to have one house if, if your neighbor has only one house you only get to have one house because that's how the communism works yeah and and who gets the uh the large apartment buildings that house 50 people oh that's right the state of course mm-hmm. private landowners yep. are not allowed yes no no private uh, landowners what, what fascinates me about this particular thing is that the city of seattle has been dealing with for six or ten years uh what has been known as the homeless crisis and for all of that time the constant refrain from the people in city hall has been affordable housing affordable housing affordable housing and when they say that what they mean is let's take tax dollars and buy houses at market prices and hand them to homeless people which doesn't work on a number of levels. First of all, you're stealing tax money and way, you know, wasting more money and making the state bigger. And that's, that's always a problem. Uh, secondly, uh, market prices is, uh, freaking outrageous. Uh, a medium sized cardboard box next to the tracks costs a half million dollars in Seattle. Um, and then finally, if you take something and you just hand it to somebody on the street and say, here, this house is yours. They're going to trash it inside of three weeks. They, cause they didn't, invest anything in it they don't care you know, there, yeah there's, yeah exactly there's they don't care they don't them. own it there there's no responsibility or um understand of care and um custody of uh, uh yeah no caretaking of the home because they yeah. they just they just got it for free and, and in terms of incentives if they mm-hmm. completely screw it up all they have to do is go back next month to the city council be like can you give me another house i screwed up the last one and this goes right down the line with what Alexandria Acacia Cortez said about similar I wish stuff. Stop saying that name. I know it is triggering, but her concept was also very similar, which is take money away from the police and let's put this into community programs that would prevent crime in the first place. The leftists really believe that they can take crime, look at it. And, you know, kind of like you're playing a game, we can head this off at the pass. We can get it to the people before they commit the crime and we can make sure they never commit the crime because they're assuming that a vast majority of the people that commit crime are doing so, you know, the Jean Valjean, you know, syndrome, which, you know, Les Miserables, we only stole a loaf of bread to feed my family. And I don't really believe that that's where a majority of crime in the united states comes from does it have a percentage yeah the the majority of crime in the united states and and probably the world over is opportunistic why why was that crime committed because i could get away with it because i knew there'd be no consequences that you you want you want to reduce crime you have to fix the incentive structure and getting 
people, you know, I, I, they, they have correctly identified that homelessness is a problem that incentivizes various types of crime. Uh, but getting people into houses is not just a matter of, of going out and wasting tax money to buy things at market prices. It's a matter of, uh, you know, homelessness is macroeconomics, supply and demand curve. There is too much demand because there are too many people in Seattle. There is not enough supply. You can't fix this without increasing supply or reducing demand. Reducing demand might mean going out and rounding up all the homeless people, loading them into boxcars. But I'm not sure that that would fit civil rights muster. And even the people on the left who have no rational consistency for anything they do might balk at the idea of wholesale murdering an entire class of people. Actually, (laughs) never mind. They're promoting communism, so they seem to be okay with that. But still, not right. No. No. There's no incentive to like once once you are once you are granted um, community housing or government housing, there's no incentive for for those um, to to get out of that. And um, yeah, you can you can own a home on your own. You can rent it out of, you know, privately. You don't have to be it it shouldn't it shouldn't be a permanent situation. And I think a lot of uh, and I think a lot of people think it's a it's entitled and there are people that really truly need it and um because they have families they're in hard times and um they you know they had a they had a job you know back in february and then they got laid off in in march uh for for months on end and still don't have a job uh but they but they have a family to take care of uh but there's no incentive for those to to get out of that Right, which is the argument for anything when it goes down to communism, Marxism, that if the government just provides you with what you need, then you become a lump who doesn't do anything at all. And the capitalist system has issues. There's no doubt about it. But the capitalist system allows people to fail multiple times. There are safety nets. You know, there's bankruptcy and all this kind of stuff. There is public housing. But those things, as you said, should be temporary. You shouldn't be extremely comfortable when you're in that situation, but the poor Darren, you're, you're so anachronistic. That's how it used to work. Now we have cancel culture. The moment that you've done anything in your life that might be objectionable, you're done for good and can never be reenter society. And you should never come back. It just, it makes zero sense that the, what these people are asking for. I mean, let's even assume for a minute, you can get to this utopia and all of a sudden we're all the same. We all have the same things. We're all, you know, we're basically living back in, uh, you know, Soviet Russia. Nobody has anything more than anybody else. You're going to tell me that you're still going to assume now their concept state officials, of course. Right. Well, yeah, that's different, but you're assuming then that the people, your average poor person is never going to commit a crime. And that doesn't make any sense because you still have, even though you all just have not much, and it's crappy stuff people still want to steal your stuff or people are still going to screw your wife and you're still going to want to punch somebody in the mouth so communism is is a government for ants because ants all work together for a common cause are all functionally identical can be swapped in and out of different jobs easily have no real free will of their own and the only particular mind is the hive and that is exactly what Marxists see humans uh, as being 
in their ideal world. And they completely disregard that humans have evolved in a competitive situation. All mammals have there's, there's competing for resources. We're not going to suddenly all just give up and, and be happy with what we have the moment that you give. And even if you could reach the utopia where we've all got everything we could possibly need, human nature is once somebody has no more needs and you've given them everything and we're, we're post scarcity, human nature says, yeah, but I still want more. And then you're going to go out and try to get more. And that manifests in lots of ways. It manifests as greed. It manifests as, as some people working harder to get more so that they can provide their family a higher standard of living than the family next door, which is of course the capitalist way, but it's completely verboten under a, a communist society. It will also lead a lot of people to try to take the quick way of saying, I want more and uh, my neighbor has something and I want it. And therefore I'm going to steal. And maybe if, if I get caught, then I'm going to hurt them in order to get it. And, and, and now you've got crime again. It, it's, all of these utopias always fail the moment you enter insert humans because humans are such complicated, horrible creatures. Right. And well, people also don't want to recognize the fact that being poor in the United States still puts you most even most of the poor people in the United States are still within the like top five wealthiest people of the world, which is kind of hard to wrap your brain around. but. It's absolutely true. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, you kind of want to qualify the top five wealthiest people in the world. Like statement. Per- percent. Oh, percent. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not top five. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a percentage. But I mean, I remember watching the coverage of all of these alleged, you know, destitute migrants who were marching through Mexico, you know, in that big caravan. And I yeah. remember seeing a picture of like 20 of them leaning up against sitting up against a wall all of them looking down at their cell phones. And I'm thinking, if you're that poor and destitute, how do you get a cell phone and a plan? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, but my, symp- my my systematic class-based oppression. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. But uh, it doesn't quite pass the, but it doesn't quite pass the sniff test. And with all of this stuff, you know, if people were marching for, you know, we need to put an end to police brutality. We need there to be oversight more. You know, cops should have the, you know, where the cameras. We want more data. We have so, so much access to data. We should be able to get body cams, microphones live all the time. But they're not calling for that. They're calling for the police to be defunded. And there's a reason behind that, because it is going to cause uh, more crime. Soros? Yeah, well, George Soros put in, what was it, 33 million bucks? I mean, you can't make that stuff up to the Black Lives Matter movement, who is a bunch of, you know, groups started by Marxists who want things like the total destruction of capitalism, one, but also of the patriarchy. They don't believe in the normal family unit as we have it in the United States and in a lot of countries around the world. They think the state can replace the family, and that should also scare you. That is scary. The the state runs uh, will will parent your children. Don't worry. <laughs> now I'm worried. 
that may be that may be the most scary we're, thing we're I've ever the, heard. We're the government. We're here to help. Yeah. Uh, I have. Uh, I just, just going back very briefly to the the homeless thing. I have one idea. One one thing that is in the power of any you know any city where housing costs are skyrocketing skyrocketing going bonkers um has the power to significantly fix the housing curve and it it doesn't even cost very much it it doesn't require you to expand the state which by the way is why a lot of these left coast cities are not going to ever do it because they want to expand the state uh repeal some zoning laws uh once you take away the restrictions that make it prohibitively expensive to create uh, affordable housing then you know I, I, a lot of the the these politicians keep saying affordable housing we need affordable housing and it is not economically feasible for anybody to create affordable housing because uh you have to you know first of all the the type of housing you're talking about which is is multifamily usually like residential tower stuff hmm? is only limited to tiny little footprint of the city and the vast oh. majority of the city is restricted to single family residents. Uh, once you find some land in that small part of the city, it is really, really expensive because it, it's one of the only places you can do it. You have to buy the expensive land. The permitting process is insane. The city planners will require you to out of your own, you know, this is to a developer, somebody who is proposing to put in, say a residential tower that can hold a thousand people. Uh, you have to spend, you know, the $5 million to create the tower. I'm, I'm throwing numbers out here. I don't know what's reasonable. And then you have to spend, you know, another 10 million just to buy the land because land is so premium, the land that you're allowed to put towers on. Uh, and then the city requires you to uh, upgrade all of the sewer infrastructure and upgrade the fire infrastructure and, and, you yep. know, fund the, the police and fire services for this entire area. And, and you, you have to do this all out of pocket and and permits and environmental impacts and at some point you're sitting here going okay i'm 170 million dollars into this project that could have been a 10 million dollar tower and the only way to recoup my costs is to charge six thousand dollars a month from each resident and now the only people who can move in work at google well it's much easier if you get rid of all the police all of the fire in all public services, <laughs> it's a much cheaper way. But then again, yep. the house that you built for the people is mm-hmm. going to be robbed and burned down. But they'll have well, a house. It, it, if you build a large residential tower, they tend to have pretty fortified entrances that you can just throw a couch across. And what are the people going to do? They can't get into the stairwell. It, it is a, uh, you know, it's uh, a they're system. Much, they're much more defensible than a single family house. Yeah, it's harder to burn a uh, skyscraper down. But, you know, if you try really hard or, you know, smash a plane into them or something like that. But yeah, a controlled demolition seems to work. But the concept that affordable housing will prevent crime, as our buddy Digi Guru pointed out in the troll room just a few minutes ago, we had that on the south side of Chicago with Cabrini Green, the Robert Taylor homes, and the areas were nothing but crime infested hell holes and well, the, the only there's only one thing you can do which will prevent crime and that is remove all humans yeah and, and, and <laughs> you know the last person willing to try that was stalin 
eradicate. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just get, get rid of all of them. Uh, and- I, I, if you, if you create housing where people have to invest in their own house, they have to put forth a, a, an amount of themselves. They have to become, become invested in making their house look good. You will reduce the chance that you're going to reduce the overall crime. Now there's lots and lots and lots of other factors. Uh, like uh, for example, uh, uh, criminalizing self-defense or, uh, making it economically infeasible for a mother and father to live in the same house. When when you do that shit, then no amount of affordable housing is going to prevent crime. No, but that is the thought of the left that they can find the utopia, which is why even though communism, Marxism has never worked long-term anywhere. People keep wanting to try it because, you know, it sounds so good at the rallies. It sounds like such a great thing. They saw it on a piece of paper and I was like, oh, that looks good. Why don't we try doing that? It looks great. It's kind of like when people say, you know, Black Lives Matter, the slogan, great. The organization, horrible. The concept that, oh, wouldn't it be great if everybody could be equal? That's a beautiful thing wrapped up in a real big problem, which is people are not equal and once you start forgetting that once you stop acknowledging that everybody has their own particular talent their own particular thing that they do really well and try to shove everybody into one plain box that's where society breaks down because again if you go to a utopia where we all make the same amount of money we all live in the same house. We all have the same vehicles. We all have the same thing. Then why does somebody want to spend years learning how to be a doctor to make everybody else's health better? I mean, you're getting paid the same thing, whether you're a neurosurgeon or a burger flipper in this utopia where everybody has the same thing. Uh, yeah, Void Zero once showed me a, a schedule of taxes for the Netherlands which illustrated this point really, really well, uh, because it, it shows your, your tax rate based on your income level from your job. And, you know, if, if you are say a a doctor or a, a, you know, high, high cost pro programmer, if you make a hundred thousand a year, then your taxes are 48,000 a year. And wow. if you make 60,000 a year, then your taxes are only 10,000 a year. And if you make under 50,000 a year, then you have almost no tax. And it, it, the, the, it was, I wish I still had it because it was absolutely amazing because what it had was, you know, there was the income column on the left and then in the middle was the taxes based on the income. And then on the right, there was another calculated column, which showed how much money you actually get to spend on yourself after taxes and no matter what it was on the left no matter what your starting income was whether it be two hundred thousand a year or ten thousand a year you know because you know below forty thousand you got government subsidies to live by the way they have a basic income thing the column on the right spanned from like 46 to 54 (laughs) the entire span so So not much difference why under such a, a society would I ever bother going to school, spending six years or 10 years of my life to get a doctor's degree so that I can go practice medicine when I'm going to be making exactly the same thing as the dude 
who is scrubbing the floors. Well, and it also goes down to police officers and fire department workers that if you have a job where you're putting your life in danger and you're making the same exact thing as you are flipping burgers, I don't know. I'd rather flip burgers than get shot at or run into a burning building. So there is a risk. There is a significant risk with the burgers thing, which is that (laughs) occasionally you get paid in free burgers. Oh, yeah. And that is putting your life in danger, too. It depends on the the health care is. There there are some serious burns that you get flipping Uh, burgers that I've seen. Yeah, you got to be careful in the smoker. Yeah. 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 Just don't touch those walls. The one time I ever had a fast food job, they decided that the uh, the only thing that they wanted me to do was wash dishes. It was uh, not well managed. I left that job. They decided you uh, weren't you weren't quite the, made up. You weren't quite the, the, the very Burger first College. Day I the very first day I was there, I learned a highly important lesson, which was uh, they said, uh, you know, here, here's the sink, which was already full of sudsy water. Yeah. And so I put my hands in mm-hmm. and there were knives in there. <laughs> ah. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Just knives. That's it. That's that's not cool. <laughs> there, were, there were plates and stuff. There were things to grab amidst the knives <laughs> to make sure that you flex your fingers and get every possible part of your hand sliced up. I'm sorry, Ryan. You're just not Burger Hut material. Yeah, we're gonna have to let you well, go. I, yeah, that that particular job, I I ended up. You know, they had a, a six week uh, a probation period where they weren't sure if you were quite uh, material to to work fast food. So. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it's the, the period where you get the shit jobs and they just tell you what to do. And for the first five of those weeks, I did nothing but wash dishes. And the sixth week they're like, okay, we're ready to move you on to, uh, you know, scooping out the, the fry bin or something like that. And I'm like, you know, I was kind of thinking I'd get to cook something or maybe even go near a register. No, you're under, you're in probation. Like, okay, well this probation sucks balls. Yeah. I don't know. What was, what, so was that the worst job you ever had? No. No. Retail. Oh, retail was worse than food? I can see that. Yeah, I had to interact with humans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was expected to put on a clean shirt and go out front and, and smile at people and sell them things they didn't need. Wait, you worked in sales? I can't see that. I mean, that I kind of, no, I, I worked in retail. I was, <laughs> I, 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 I was the, the, nameless you know the it was uh the the store was old navy and i was one of those nameless people in a t-shirt who wanders around the store mostly folding things but whenever someone walks into the store and says excuse me but do you have any jeans in this size and then i was the one who had to go get it and every once in a while they'd be like uh can can you tell me what would go well with this uh top and i'm like no no i can't (laughs) and i'm not going to these jeans make my butt look big that yes get get a lot of that and old navy no no okay. no not after not after the incident yeah we'll see. <laughs> the incident. Yeah, i need well, to hear about the incident yeah ryan doesn't have a he doesn't have a really good filter for not telling the truth for those yeah, kind I, of cases i i yeah i have a i have a genetic uh problem it's it's just a i lack the ability that most people have to not tell people what they really need to hear so the, ah, I see. So for Ryan, if, if somebody says, do these jeans make me look fat? He would say no. But rather than stopping there, he would continue with, it's <laughs> yeah, the it extra 50 ass. pounds of fat that are making you look fat. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you for adding that in. <laughs> it's the honest answer. And you'll get it at Old Navy. <laughs> Old Navy. Let, <laughs> let's let's just say after uh after a few months there, uh there was there was an agreement between the management and I, which was that if if there was any way any jobs that needed to be done in the back room, it was in everybody's interest that I go do that there. <laughs> so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I can, I can, you know what? I can get behind that. I can definitely get behind that, but yeah, any, yeah. And any, anybody should, uh, you know, Microsoft was great because I, I didn't have to interact with customers at all because of course Microsoft has, has a policy of, you know, their, their customer service policy with all of their products is, is fuck you. We're Microsoft. And I can <laughs> get behind that. No customer service at all. Yeah. Just nope. No customer service. That's, um, that's Microsoft. Yeah. They're fine. If people want to complain, just there's a voicemail, but then nobody checks it. Yeah. It, uh-huh. if, if you'd like to complain about a Microsoft product, Here's Twitter. Which yeah. I mean, it don't, the only time Twitter works was uh, was with Xfinity. They're like the only people that have ever had somebody competent that could actually fix the problem on Twitter. Every other time I've bitched at a company's Twitter account, it's the same thing, which is, oh, we'd love to help. And then they're like, DM us. And then the DM is just like, well, give me your information and I'll see if I can get somebody to get back to you. I mean, there's never anybody at the Twitter account that can do anything except for Xfinity. So I'll give so them you're props that there. The, the claim that they'd love to help lacks sincerity. Usually, yes. <laughs> Usually it does. But that's part of this new social media world. And you can't trust social media. I mean, that's uh, the, the topic of the latest random thoughts was what we're trusting people with, with all of our data when it comes down to communicating with people. And, you know, it, it occurs to me that I don't think most people have any clue just how insecure even text messages are. I think a vast majority of people think, you know, if I send a text message to my buddy, we're the only ones that see those messages and nobody in between and nobody else can see it. And, you know, the same thing when you're sending DMs on places like Twitter and Facebook and that. And everybody in between can read them. Yeah, that's the reality. (laughs) God forbid you're using a a Google voice number, then then that is going to be archived in a database forever. Yes, if you, which I do use that for text. So it's like, you know, um, you really need to start looking at going, myself included, to getting off all of these platforms and going to something that isn't controlled by your phone company, your cable company, or anybody, you know, Facebook, anybody that makes one of these apps. And it's a, it's not easy to find a system that does that. I found one called Tox, which seems to work fairly well which is you know it's a messenger and it's kind of like skype you can do voice calls and video calls toxic and toxic yes tox tox dot chat was the main website for shut down yet no i was surprised mm-hmm. they haven't been shut down and uh, i i tried the uh, qtox which is one of the programs that lets you interact with that you know one of the uh, clients and a couple people added me after the random thoughts episode so we know it works you can send messages back and forth and it's all peer to peer, which, you know, there was a couple other suggestions for other things that still had the mothership in between, which I don't like. Even if it's open source, having the mothership in between, there's logs of certain things. And, um, you know, that 
has its own issues itself. I mean, they're, you know, I'm, I'm for a direct message as far as being private. I trust no agenda social a whole lot more than Twitter. But the reality is those messages are still sitting on a server owned by a guy. You just have to trust the guy. When you have something like Tox, it's all peer to peer, no mothership in between. So those messages, there's no logs. So, you know, but not a lot of people are using those. I know a lot of people that communicate with their family now, you know, just through Facebook Messenger. And it's like, wow, there's a treasure trove of problems just waiting to happen. Yeah. And then when you get rid of um, Facebook, you no longer exist to people that you know. Yes. Um, That's a feature. And I can, I, I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so strange. It's so strange. There were so many people that I was in communication with and that I knew in real life. And as soon as I got rid of Facebook, I disappeared. Do you you think that if you say met them in person or uh, encountered them through some non-Facebook means, Five months from now that they would have completely forgotten you i'm I'm trying to compare this to a, a time before the internet when mm-hmm. we weren't talking daily with 200 people yeah which is yeah, clearly yeah. destroying our minds yeah but but even back then somebody could know that many people it just could be months before you talk to someone again and most people somehow survived with that yeah, no, it's true. And this was this was people that I was in that I would I would see go have coffee with them. Um, but and then and then when I when I got rid of Facebook, it's, you know, I'd, we'd hang out and then we'd, they'd be talking about something. I had absolutely no, what they're, no idea what they're talking about because they posted it on Facebook and I and I don't yeah. see it. Right. And, and I they assume and it's assumed that like, oh, why wouldn't you've known what I'm doing? Because I posted it on Facebook. Don't you know? See, that's that's an excellent opportunity to guilt trip them. You'd be like, uh, you're you're excluding me because you are, <laughs> and and just make sure you yeah, really rub yeah. it in. And, oh and yeah. If they don't if they don't catch on to the guilt trip, then that's when you just punch them in the face and be like, you're not a good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, then, and then see if they'll ex- invite you to coffee again. Right. And Radix and Sir Spencer, who was on Hog Story last night in the I mentioned this before the show. What I loved the most about Hog Story last night was John Fletcher on multiple times said, you know, when I was listening to uh, Grumpy Old Ben's Sir Bemro said or Darren said, I mean, so uh, Sir John Fletcher is definitely an expert on so many levels for Grumpy Old Ben's. Yeah. But yeah. Radix and Sir Spencer are mentioning Signal. And I looked at Signal, but the minute, Signal. yeah, the minute I opened up Signal and it's like, you must tie this to your phone. I'm like, screw you. I don't want to have to tie oh, something okay, to my phone number. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tried it and I, I didn't like it. I didn't think that was a good, good thing for me. Hey, I do believe it's more secure than just the SMS your phone company is giving you, but I yeah. don't like the, oh, you must tie it to your phone. And the, the, the terms of service, I think I went over this in the podcast for Signal was, you know, one, you can't be under the age of uh, 13 because COPPA laws, which makes sense. But I'm like, well, why are they collecting data at all? It's just yeah. a messaging every program. Time somebody, every time somebody says COPPA is the reason that they ha- they can't have people under 13. My first question is always, what the hell are you trying to collect from people who are over 13? Yes. That you can't collect. Because yeah. if, if you have no such restriction, then clearly you're not going to be, tr- you're not trying to collect that. That would be a better situation. Yes, and I do believe you're right, Sir Spencer. You can probably tie a Google Voice number to that, but 
I digress. When it comes to Signal, they talked about they will never monetize your data, but they didn't say we don't use your data for anything but contacting you. So when you just say we never sell or monetize your data, but they don't say we're not using it, uh, I don't know what they're doing with it, but they're going to just, well, we didn't monetize it or we didn't sell it, but that doesn't mean they're not using my data for something else. Here's something that you absolutely have to watch out for in terms of service uh, Mm -hmm. is when somebody, a a Silicon Valley startup says, we do not sell or monetize your data. You have to look carefully at the language because there's, you know, first of all, if they say we do not sell or monetize your data, what they're really saying is we reserve the right to do it later. Right. Uh, Ah. And sometimes they say something like, you know, we will never monetize or sell your data which really means that we're collecting it uh and don't worry your data is safe right up until our company gets bought out by a big conglomerate and then all that data is theirs and they of course are going to sell and and use your data right and that part Um, isn't an asterisk of with super tiny font at the bottom the four point next to four point font and that stars next to never Exactly. Um, yeah. I think it's really. Uh, I I wanted to met. I when I came on the show, I wanted to discuss this phone I found, um, and I and I wanted to get your both of you to have a look at this. It's, um, oh, I found it on Purism, and it's spelled P U R I dot S M Sierra Mike, and this is uh this is a phone called the uh, Discover the Librim. A security and privacy focused phone. The Librem 5 represents the opportunity for you to take back control and protect your private information, your digital life through free and open source software, open governance and uh, transparency. The Librem 5 is a is a phone built on pure OS, a fully free, ethical, and open source operating system that is not based on Android or iOS. Um, and then they have a link of saying why that's important. Uh, by purchasing a Librem 5 phone, you are supporting a future of digital privacy invested in supporting an open community-driven environment. Vote with your wallet to support a future safe from digital exploitation and create a secure and respectful environment for you, your children, and society as a whole. Um, I, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, uh, so they have uh, so comparative the, the com- a competitive chart: privacy, secure, security, and freedom. User user controls device, yes. Trackers disabled by default, yes. Privacy protection by default, yes. Does not track you. Um, and layered security protection, user controlled source code runs uh, GNU plus Linux, uh, separate CPU from cellular baseband. I'm not sure what that means. Um, uh, what what I heard was a whole lot of word salad and, and very persuasive uh, uh, buzzwords. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, the the longer you were talking about uh, uh, very open and and freedom and yeah. and, and I'm like every single mm. time that they they brought one of those out, I I came a little bit more skeptical. Now, admittedly, uh, uh, skeptical is my default state. It, it is in fact mm-hmm. a, a state I refer to as Bemrose. Um, that's fair. I don't know. That's why it, I wanted to sounds, bring this up to you Sounds and to darren paper. i haven't heard 
I haven't heard anything about that. Darren, have you heard of this? Yeah, I, this has been uh, talked about in the troll room by a few different people, maybe even uh, Blitz. Some of these guys that are into this stuff for the last few years. I mean, they were for the longest time. It took them a long time to get their laptop out there as well, because they sell laptops that are based off of a, you know, their yeah. own Linux distribution as well, which pulls all of this stuff out and all the tracking stuff out. And the concept with the phone is good because you're getting more control over the device. I don't know if it's any more secure than buying any Android phone off the shelf that you can root and put your own software on. Because I basically I think that's what they're doing here is they I mean they may be having somebody make the hardware for them, but yeah. they're basically rolling their own operating system, which if you trust them, then by all means, and I'm assuming if it's all open source, that it can all be looked at and coders can go through and see if they're lying about anything. But it, it's definitely a step in the right direction for cell phone users who want a just out of the box solution that doesn't have all the tracking involved because that doesn't exist anymore when it comes to buying any Android phone or Apple phone off the shelf. You have to do work to with the Apple phone. I mean, and the Android phone, you both you can go through and turn a bunch of stuff off and you're again assuming that that's working the way you want or you roll your own software on Android. And if this is kind of the same thing, which is we have the hardware, we rolled our own operating system and just took out all of the google tracking stuff which i know is the number one thing <laughs> when it comes to a phone like this is you know android as far as an operating system works fairly well it's peppy the features are there you just want to strip out all the google tracking stuff a a aosp is is peppy uh as soon as you turn it into android you're pretty much married to google yes uh, so some really quick, uh, web searching, um, I'll mm -hmm. tell you the, the things that sound really good to this removable mm -hmm. battery. Nice. Uh, yeah. hardware kill switches. Nice. It says mm -hmm. physically cuts off power from cameras, microphone, Wi-Fi, booth, Bluetooth, and baseband processor. That is something that I want in any phone that I have. Uh, I'm also, uh, it looks like it is arm based, which is the same as most of these other phones. Um, it doesn't look like it's AOSP based, which means that uh, existing apps will not work for it. Uh, a lot of people will consider that to be a problem. Uh, I kind of think that's probably a feature. Yes. Well, yeah, because uh, we're how many stories have we seen now? 75 episodes into grumpy old Ben's almost every show I've pulled a story. Didn't always talk about them about the new round of apps that have security issues. Yeah. Uh, and Blitz is saying he, he's, he's saying in the troll room, how about you don't even include a camera, uh, which is, is kind of getting to the point I was about to make, uh, mm -hmm. which is the, the thing that I'm not going to compare this to, I'm not going to compare this to an iOS or an Android. Uh, the main reason is that the moment that you can't put apps on it, you're not really in the same category. It's not a, a mobile computer that you can carry with you and connect to all of your services anymore. Uh, it, it's a phone. And yeah. for that, then the thing that I compare this to is uh, how does it compare to say uh, 2003 Nokia E74? Uh, you know, a, a candy bar phone that does nothing more than SMS and phone calls. Uh, it, it, what, what can you do? I mean, obviously, I mean, if you've got a camera, you've got a microphone, you can, I, 
there there's probably custom software for the really generic functions like like take pictures and uh you know maybe listen to podcasts maybe that's all you need um but what i the other thing i'm not seeing from a quick web search is how much does this thing cost and and how does that compare to uh, uh an old-fashioned dumb phone because if yeah. you're paying six hundred dollars for this highly complex piece of equipment that uses all modern parts what are you really getting for your six hundred dollars well they're obviously doing fairly well the price is 749 dollars oh. pre-order you will get yours in approximately six months so obviously they're either really slow at producing these or they're selling a lot okay so uh i guess i guess my my reaction then is i'm not going to pay 700 dollars for something that i can't even you know why the what what can you do with it? You can take. Wait, wait. Calls. Are you going to say you can, you're not going to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars for something you can't download apps for, Mister? I don't download any apps. Well, I, I wasn't going to say that, but that's exactly true. <laughs> I'm not going to spend seven hundred. You know what else I'm not going to spend seven hundred fifty dollars on is uh, a new keyboard or uh, a, a pamphlet or uh, a candy bar. And I can't install apps on any of those either. What if it's a and really good candy bar? I'm not going to spend eight hundred dollars. <laughs> maybe it depends on how maybe it's the candy bar in Willy Wonka I'm not sure but it could I'm be still not gonna hey, there's there's not a lot of things I'm gonna spend $750 on and I you know what I also don't have the latest Apple phone whatever the hell iOS 37 or whatever the f- it is cold acid but, says they are slow and they're continuously tinkering with the phone which I get I mean if they're doing this yeah. kind of from the ground oh. up then oh, here's uh, an important question can I block updates I don't know. Are there updates? Oh, That's the yeah, other question. Who do they come yeah. from? What is that mothership? See, the phones like this really remind me of that. Was it Echo Chat or Eco? Whatever that uh, the uh, the nefarious system that we talked about that the authorities have finally cracked like last week or so with the the one where they were paying like twelve hundred euro every six months to have an account because you know we have our own lockdown phones with a lot of these same type of features. But I mean, these things, it's just this. I think it's moving in the right direction to have switches, hardware on your phones that can turn off things like your camera. So, you know, it's not yes. accidentally going to get activated. Uh, I think that's moving in the right direction. I don't a- think they're quite there yet. Accidentally in quotes. Right. You know, accidentally yeah. by by something else that you downloaded. And now the, you know, TikTok, the Chinese government has decided that they're going to turn on all your microphones just because. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as my buddy Larry from that Larry show dot com pointed out right after I dropped the random thoughts episode about the tox messaging system, it was India for anybody in the armed services there blocked 89 or told them get the hell off of 89 apps if you're in the army in India. And if you don't get off these apps after, you know, they're giving them a couple of weeks or something to comply and if you're caught on any of these applications, there will be repercussions. And it's stuff. It's not just, uh, you know, what people would think of as nefarious. Of course, TikTok on the list, because I mean, nobody should trust TikTok. I don't know how many times we have to say that here. Nobody should trust TikTok. Chinese no. owned your kids data and your data are at risk if they have TikTok on their phone. I was a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan, but the minute he went all in on TikTok, I I'm just deleted him everywhere can't even read his stuff because i don't trust anything he says anymore i think he has money in tiktok but you know if you made a deal with the devil screw you i don't need to deal with your stuff but besides tiktok 
India also told them no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no Zoom, no Reddit, and uh, and and I'm down the line. And uh, I, I I don't I don't see a problem with any of this. Now, you know, no. saying there will be consequences if you run these apps. That is absolutely true, whether or not the government of India is the one doling out the consequences. True. One of those consequences <laughs> might be that you're owned by Chinese or by the CCP. <laughs> yeah. And one of them might be that your amygdala swells because you're reading fucking Reddit. Well, that's true. Um, but do you think any parents really have a clue? And I don't think this is just the United States, just Canada. I think worldwide parents that see their kids with stuff like TikTok have no idea what it is it's just oh this is what all the kids are using and never think twice about the harm that could come from using these apps well of course not it it, it parenting is already difficult and you know, from time immemorial it has been incredibly difficult keeping up with what the kids are doing and and kids know this which is why kids always move to the newest thing because it's the thing the parents don't know about and it's the thing they can get away with for a little while until the parents wise up and realize what it is. And in today's online services app connected society, the the cycle is now about three months <laughs> The you know, everybody's on TikTok today uh, in a month from now, it'll be some other service because now parents are starting to see stories about how TikTok is bad and parents are going to start talking to their kids and being like, I don't want you on that service. And the kids like, okay, I'll install it. And then they're going to go and, you know, to install Wee or whatever the hell the next <laughs> Chinese service is that does exactly the same thing, but nobody knows about. Is this for men who are not well endowed, Wee? Are you on it? No, that's TikTok. Oh, okay. Or, um, or possibly Twitter. I mean, so, okay. We know, Carolyn, that, uh, that Ryan isn't on any of these social media apps. How many do you use or do you use any of them at this point? Um. Well, I use Twitter and I am that's so on sorry. my phone. Um, <laughs> um, I, of course, no agenda social. Um, I haven't really, I haven't used Instagram in a very long time. Um, I've been, I'm totally off Facebook. Um, I, I've seen pictures, I've seen videos of TikTok, like on YouTube and stuff like that, but I've, um, and and uh, other and other podcasts that uh, play TikTok videos, but I, I've not I've not subscribed or opened up an account for TikTok. Yeah, I don't really understand the TikTok thing. I mean, it's because I'm old, I guess. But uh, yeah, that that'd be it. It, it kind of seems like when it when it broke, it's like so it's uh, so it's Instagram. Well, yeah, but Chinese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. why? What I missed was Vine. Do you remember Vine? Yeah, Twitter bought them up yeah, or something. I, that was a flash in the pan. Yeah. Wasn't that the little video yeah, thing, yeah, like was, eight, 14 second videos or something like that? You know, I can, yeah, I can explain yeah, TikTok to you. Okay. If, you, if you'd like. Okay, sure. Um, yes. Yes, please. Pa- parents, parents figured out about Instagram. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, you know, and, and had uh, how many kids had double accounts? I mean, the, the stories you've read on this stuff are, yeah. I mean, not really amazing because we understand how this works but yeah there were the problems you'd have would be well the parents are like well you know little susie if you're going to have instagram we need to have access to your account so little susie's like okay mommy and daddy i'm yeah, okay. susie one two three and then she also has susie five four <laughs> six where she's posting the porn yeah. but doesn't tell mommy and daddy about that 
and then just abandons the account or more likely, you know, it's, oh, well, you, you know, that that's, I mean, that's an easy enough thing. If you have 10 people who all are constantly communicating things that you don't want your parents to know on Instagram and the parents suddenly says, I need your Instagram password, then you'd be like, okay, hey guys, uh, my parents are being unreasonable here because they want to be parents and we don't want that. So uh, let's all move to TikTok. <laughs> Done. And most yeah, people will have yeah. multiple services on their phone because they've got one group that's moved and one that hasn't yet. But yeah. The data is out there. The parents don't know where to find it, which is. You, know, you did. You did earlier. Uh, you, you did a disservice to no data social. You, you lumped it in with all of the other services saying that, uh, oh, it's still on somebody else's server and you have to decide who to trust. And, and, and that much is true. But I will point out a plug for the Fediverse, which is completely unlike uh, Reddit or Insta or Facebook or, or uh, Twitter or any of these, which is all of those is if you want to be on the service, you have to trust the one authority who owns it. And the advantage to Mastodon, No Agenda Social is like this. Now, No Agenda Social happens to be already set up and has a pre-built community, which is why I use it. But if for some reason I decided not to trust the people running No Agenda Social, I don't have to. I could just go create serbemrose.social, and now the person that I have to trust is me. Now, that comes with a lot more work, so yeah. you're paying for your trust with effort. Some people, it's worth that. I, I've seen plenty. I, I've had conversations with plenty of people on Mastodon who are on instances that have exactly one user account. Yes. And that's fine. That's great. But if that's how you want to interact. And, and no. I would recommend it be SirBemrose.AntiSocial, but that would just be a small change. Unfortunately, <laughs> that TLD is, is not yet available. I, I've petitioned for it. Yes, that would I be good. Is, is dragging their heels on creating. Yeah, well, come on. There's a money-making opportunity there. They should take that into take that into account. But that was, you know, the whole concept of that random thoughts was there's so many of these. And I don't know if there's yes, a single yeah. one that can be totally trusted. And not even from the point when it comes to no agenda social, I don't have a problem with the guy running it, but I understand that as an instance, as you said, that is maybe it's a little less secure and we know no agendas already had some issues with DDoS. Adam had somebody try to email bomb them that, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. That, that's just how, you know, it's going mainstream. Yes. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. But there's no doubt that that server is under at least some, uh, you know, some people are looking at these things as maybe a target. And that's where your individual server probably better, definitely more secure with anything. You roll your own and there's no doubt about it. You're going to be a little bit more safe as long as you know what you're doing. I mean, let's be fair. Mm -hmm. If you go and you download, whether it's Mastodon or Pleroma or something and set up your own instance and you don't know what you're doing and you don't set up the security right or you don't change the default password. I mean, there are people that do these mm -hmm. kind of things. Then you're a little less secure, but it's just, again, being aware. Of I, I would like to think that default passwords are not present in modern software anymore. I would like to think that I would like to think that Mastodon has not, has the situation where you can't continue the installation without entering a password which is the right way to do it. You don't don't have, you know, if you don't, if you decide not to enter a password here, your password will be Hunter too. Yes. Yeah. That, that is, that should be a thing of the past. That is a terrible, terrible practice. Yeah. 
DigiGuru yeah. says that I'm old and considered a far right wing, white, cis, privileged, toxic, old male prick. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Yes. You trust the cops. <laughs> I didn't say I trust all cops, but a majority of them. Sure. I mean, I've never been hassled by a cop. I've never been shot by a cop. Uh, You've st- never left your house. Well, I do occasionally. I mean, not since like March, but that's beside the point. Um, Scott Adams had a very interesting question that he posed on Twitter, which again, this is what starts separating the reality from fantasy land, which was how many people that had a B uh, I'm sorry. You, you said Scott Adams. Yes. Of Dilbert okay. fame. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of old, oh, the, the right, Dilbert guy. Uh, yes. But now yeah. the question he posed yeah. was anybody does anybody who had a B or higher average in high school, anybody out there who had a B or higher average in high school, you know, ever been, and I forget exactly how he worded it, but hassled by the cops kind of a thing. And how many, you know, yeah. it was like, okay, so I get oh, it. Gosh. You're making the point uh, that yeah. the people that are getting hassled aren't getting hassled. It, based it sounds upon- like he's being classist. Yeah. But is that- I think he is being, I think he's being IQist and, and greatest. And, um, yeah. like I, I was not, I was not great in high school. I, I finished it, but I didn't get the highest marks. I've never been arrested. That, that like his question is just like, why? Like, what, what does high school matter? I, well, I, I think the point is like, did you get high school or not? Maybe, maybe that, maybe that is a better question. Did you finish, of. finish school? He was, I think just making the point was that if you got an education, you're much less likely to be hassled by the cops. And it's well, not a black a and white thing. There. Yes, there's certainly a correlation there. I would not draw a causation between that. There's a lot of places where the school system is just garbage. Uh, well, yeah, yes. I, I, I had, I had better than a B average, I think, uh, but I did not get straight A's in school. And the reason was not because of an inability to apply my mind. It was that school the the lectures were so freaking boring that i started yeah. skipping class Same. i was not mo- i was not motivated because public school was ass <laughs> yeah and there is there's no question about it the school system in the united states is broken but for some reason do you see black lives matter talking about that no why because teachers unions they love black lives matter so it's another case of we don't want to go down that route because once people get educated, they're much less likely to be leftists, too. You, you slay one golden goose at a time, okay? Yeah, that's all you can do. You can only do that. And I mean, I understand usually as younger people, more liberal, the older you get, you know, when you actually start making your own money, the world becomes a completely different place and you become more conservative. I mean, that is for most people, the arc that their lives take. And I mean, it makes sense because you start getting a different perspective once you have to make your own money rather than, you know, living in mommy and daddy's basement. But a lot of these now, I mean, this we saw this coming longer and longer. People are living at home longer and longer, you know, into their late 20s and 30s are still allowed to be on their parents insurance. I'm mid I'm mid 40s and I still live at home. Well, not with your parents, my home, bitches, unless your parents are you know living in the basement or something. I don't know. what. Yeah, that was good. That's good. Good. my my no my my parents are they're they're both in a better place well at least your mom is well my, yeah my mom's in hawaii yeah. although oh, yeah. is that really better right now i 
you know, is she, we're going on vacation a couple of weeks. She was going to show up. She actually canceled because the governor of the state of Hawaii has Mm -hmm. said that if you are, uh, if you return from the mainland, you are required to spend 14 days in quarantine. Now, 14 days quarantine at home, um, wouldn't be that terrible. That's pretty much, I mean, you know, I, I think you can relate at least you can Darren as an introvert, 14 days at home is the average Wednesday. Right. But I, if, if she flies out, she would, you know, she lives on the big Island, but if she flies into, you know, the, because most of the, you know, half the flights have been canceled as well. Uh, the only flight she would be able to get from Washington state back to Hawaii would go through Oahu. And what they would do is they would force her to get a hotel room for 14 days on Oahu before they allow her to go back to her home on the big Island. Oh, that's, that's bad. Are these government run full priced hotel rooms? Oh, possibly. I, I I am not sure. I'm sure that they would force her to do it out of pocket. Um, I will tell you that, that Hawaii, you know, if, the left coast is all of the states that border on the Pacific ocean. And by that definition, the entire state of Hawaii is nothing but pure left coast. So there you have it. They're as far left as you can go. But I was going to say, if they were like, yes, yeah. yeah, so if you fly back in, you have to spend 14 days on the government dime here at the beautiful Hyatt hotel and spa. And I'd be that like, that would be insufferable. I know. I'd be like, I'm down for that. <laughs> I would just keep flying back and forth into and out of Hawaii. Uh, no, you wouldn't get a new, uh, no, Although, you flying know, there, sucks. there is one of the nicest things about it is apparently they're not filling the middle seat on these planes, which means, oh my God, you can like turn diagonal and have actual leg room for the first time ever. A very little. And yeah. I, and the concept yeah. that, come on, yeah. the concept that keeping the middle seat open is going to make you less apt to get a virus no. on the plane. Come on. No, but I, I did have a story <laughs> last week that we didn't. I had a story last week we didn't get to that uh, uh, Alaska Airlines, which is uh, the one based out of Seattle, has uh, because they were reporting that too few people were following their mandatory mask requirements on the plane, uh, that they are going to ban people from flying with them permanently if you don't wear a mask the entire time you're on the plane. That seems a little authoritative, but I will say grumpyoldbens.com you can get a grumpy old ben's mask now go to the merchandise section we're all we're all rocking and rolling we got grumpy old ben's mask so you can be compliant wow yeah you got to comply got to comply with those mask laws um you know we talked about that a little bit in the past Mm -hmm. which is you know i understand the airlines can say whatever they want and i'm i'm for that to a certain extent which is there are businesses here that are now being forced because there's a state law that says you have to wear a mask when you're indoors, as there are you know, in a lot of places right now. I prefer allowing a business to make their own decision. And if the business doesn't want people to wear masks or is not going to force them to, you know, I'm, I'm much more going that, that route. That would that would, in fact, be the proper way to do it in a, a liberty society based on capitalism is that every business can make their own decision. And if a business makes a decision you don't like, you go to that business's competition. I would be all for that. Now, in this state, that's not an option. Uh, uh, Jay fucking Inslee has decided to, uh, he, he is, instead of leaning on individuals, which frankly isn't freaking working, 
uh, he is now uh, making it so that a business will be fined for a thousand dollars per occasion for letting somebody come in without a mask. <laughs> um, so I guess you need your own security force at the door to make sure they can't get in. And then yes, what if they wear and, a mask on the way in and then drop it? Obviously, this only works in Seattle where there are no cops to enforce it because the rest of the you know everywhere else in the state we still have police officers who can enforce these unconstitutional mandates well then there was no when they didn't have any in the chop zone now at least we'll be able to have uh businesses suing the city and state over that which i think is genius well they're not they're not suing the city and the state they're actually uh at least the one lawsuit the the big one that i've seen so far uh mm-hmm. is actually against jenny durkin and jay inslee <laughs> even better um now now here's here's the problem um the uh, they're going to argue sovereign immunity and um that might even work for insley uh i don't think it'll work for uh durkin because uh sovereign immunity does not apply to uh county and local and city officials um but they can even they can even stick it against insley if they can uh, prove that either the act was unconstitutional, which I am absolutely certain, or the act was in bad faith, which would require proving something about Inslee's character, which I know to be true, but it's probably going to be real hard to prove in a state in a court in the state of Washington. That he has no character? Well, that that everything he does is in bad faith. Well, that's true. Because what what are you going to do? Prove that that the entire reason he locked the state down and ruined the economy is because orange man bad? I mean, half the people believe that, but can you prove it in court? I doubt it. No, because again, the mind washing, brainwashing is in full effect all the way around. And then you have to win over a jury made up of people in Seattle. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. And they've also been brainwashed. They're not, they're not real. They're not a good jury pool. I don't think there's going to be, we're going to be able to have, they would be able to have a good jury pool of jurors that aren't totally brainwashed and here's yeah. something that here's something that could completely change the the calculation on this though is if uh john cornyn and ted cruz in the u.s senate uh they are currently and i i, I doubt this would get passed but they're definitely talking about it um pushing a congressional act that will hold city officials responsible for the result of riots that they allow in their cities well, that seems reasonable when there is something like that going on. And this is the same thing. I mean, I don't care if it's a riot. You saw what kind of crap uh, George Bush took down in New Orleans. You know, oh, we didn't act quick enough and all this other bullshit. Well, if you can do that for natural disasters, you can definitely do it for man-made disasters. You can stop those. I mean, you couldn't stop a hurricane, but when there's an angry mob burning and looting your city and you're on the record going to the authorities that you have whether it's police fire whoever you know even if it's a new these one of these new citizens we're all banding together to make our own force well if the person at the top goes no no don't don't go in just just let them burn the place well you should be responsible for that Uh, i i I agree with what you said but but here's where this scares me is uh, I, I I fully agree that when a riot is going on and a city mayor make or you know a riot or or say uh, 
a, an autonomous lawless zone um, forming in the city. The Bemro zone. And, and the mayor comes out and makes the explicit decision that, yeah, we should just let this go on and see how it plays out. That that mayor is now culpable, just as culpable as the people who are burning the Denny's everywhere or, or Target. However, um, that also leads down the slippery slope of holding people responsible for, especially if you start holding them responsible for uh, what you would call acts of negligence, because I can see about halfway down that slope, for example, is trying to sue Donald Trump for not stopping climate change. Yeah, but isn't that what you want them to do to the police? Uh, stop climate change <laughs> yes I, they're <laughs> out there with their batons uh no to be to held be held accountable you want them to be able to be sued and put into you know for for violating the constitution constitution absolutely for uh not stopping crime i definitely did not advocate that there there are people out there who seem to think that cops should be held liable for stopping crime if if they're there uh, but there's so many ways to do it. Plus, the U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled that police are, e- even if there is a cop standing there watching it happen, eating a donut, that cop is not liable for stopping a crime. Right. Like, remember they, the Florida school shooting where they're like, well, no, the guy just sat outside and waited. Yeah. <laughs> so he got fired. I, I think but. I think that ship has sailed. And and again, the the negligence argument is a slippery slope. Now. um. That is distinct from positive actions taken by a cop or, say, a governor to kneel on the head, uh, on the neck of the economy for six months or or nine minutes or whatever. Um, Those are positive actions being taken that are clearly violating the rights, violating Constitution. Uh, Those, I definitely think that um, that Inslee should be held responsible for that. Uh, it, it's unconstitutional. And if if Trump comes out and decides to kneel on the neck of the economy, that then yes, I think that that absolutely should be held against him. But saying that you know if if a riot breaks out in the downtown of your city and you happen to be you know witnessing the birth of your son and therefore you got to the riot an hour and a half later than you could have and trying to hold you responsible for an hour and a half worth of looting is like i said there's a slippery slope to be done there and i think that the probably the line i would draw is positive actions versus just the concept of negligence what about a mayor that provides molotov cocktails and bricks for the rioters well that certainly sounds like positive actions and if it can be proved (laughs) i think they ought to throw the brick at them yes i mean book right both well maybe the brick and then if they're still around then throw the book in but i want to ask you carolyn because i've heard you talk about grumpy old bands and some things you want to hear on grumpy old bands and i know some of it seemed like it would cause homework for bemrose and uh <laughs> and for him to be a teaching person in a calm and rational manner but i, w- I was curious because i know Wait, which bemrose are you talking about here <laughs> we might have to get bemlet back on calm and rational what right calm and rational bemrose that you know if you ever go to google and you like do a search for a few words together and it's like you how obscure do you have to get to nobody ever uttered those words that they're all be, antonyms yeah, next that to would, bemrose they would be on the list <laughs> but are we not techie enough should we be more tech i mean i know we started out talking about some tech issues 
and then some big evergreen topics. You know, now we've gone into more of talk. We, we talk about tech where we can, but then a virus came about. What should we be talking about? What would be like your utopia of grumpy old Ben's? I, I do enjoy the, the tech talk and the security talk. Um, one of the, one of the things that I've, that I still do since I've, uh, since I started listening to grumpy old Ben's was to actually not use truthful um, answers in your secret security answers, like your mother's maiden name. And nice. that's uh, so, so I'm, so I've, uh, I've adopted that. And, and I, th- I think, uh, I, I think it's really, really important to, to do that. Um, I, I like to hear more tips like that myself. That, that Carolyn is because you are an expert. Whoa, me an expert. <laughs> yes, thanks, Ryan. Be- because you listen to Grumpy Old Bins, you are an expert. And yeah, there are some very simple things that a lot of people just never put those two and two together. It's like that's how all those Apple accounts got hacked. It wasn't because somebody was a great hacker. They went, let's see, uh, Kate Upton's mother's maiden name, the name of her first pet, let's the street she grew up on. And when people in the public eye, especially, don't understand when you put those answers in what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of deserve to get nailed. I do have uh, a, a tech story, which is a quick follow-up to something that we discussed in depth on GOB 72. Uh, it, it's, it's real quick uh, on GOB okay. 72. We talked about uh, the, uh, a feature in iOS 14 beta, which allowed or caused the OS to throw up a notification whenever some app that did not have clipboard permissions tried to access the clipboard. And, and there's been a, a longstanding, well, I don't know if it's a bug or a feature in iOS that allows any app to read the clipboard, whether or not you've given it clipboard access. And the big thing is that the, the iOS 14 will now show you when an app does this. And uh, TikTok was the huge one where everybody's like, oh my gosh, why is it reading the clipboard every single time? And, and just to recap, the, the scariest thing about that is that Apple also has another feature uh called uh like clipboard anywhere where if you copy something to the clipboard on your mac or on your ipad it Mm -hmm. automatically gets synced by the cloud to every apple device you have including your iphone where it's now a thing on the clipboard and any app that's on your phone can pull that up and send whatever data you copied on your ipad out to the internet it's actually particularly frightening that that this works this way just because you know, a lot of people, especially if you use a password manager, what's the common way to enter a password with your password manager? You go to the manager and you say copy password, and then you go to the password field on the website and you hit paste. Uh, I mean, assuming that it doesn't have integration, but with a lot of the weird JavaScript enabled bullcrap, it's actually hard for a password manager to automatically insert that. So, so a lot of people copy passwords to the clipboard. Well, anyways, the story here, that, that was a recap. The story is that both Reddit and LinkedIn uh, their mobile apps have been caught copying stuff out of the clipboard in the That's case scary. of reddit <laughs> in the case of reddit uh they they said uh, uh here here's the the quote from from reddit we track this down to a code path in the post composer that checks for urls in the pasteboard and then suggests a post title based on the text contents of the url uh so it means we're yeah. spying on you yeah, that's that's good. That was a lot of text to try to deflect from we're spying on you. 
Anyways, Reddit has said they are releasing a fix on July 14th. So if you are using the official Reddit app on iOS, know that everything that you've ever copied your clipboard has potentially been sent to Reddit and watch for a fix on July 14th. Uh, LinkedIn, um, <laughs> this, this one was great. The quote was, the app copies clipboard contents in order to perform an equality check between what a user is typing and what's in their clipboard. What? Equality check. Like they want to yeah, make sure that I, they're being equal. I, yeah, I guess that they're, I, 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 it might be a Black Lives Matter check or I, maybe it's looking for uh, gender discrimination. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but there, there is absolutely, that is the entirety of the quote. There is absolutely no description for why <laughs> LinkedIn would need to perform an equality check between what the user's typing and what's in their clipboard. <laughs> Why why is this even a thing? What Reddit's uh, equality department really needs something else to do so they can police <laughs> equality as much as they possibly can. So no word from LinkedIn as to whether or not they're going to release a version. They they seem to think that just telling you that they're performing an equality check is is all the explanation you need and uh, I guess un- unless they come up with uh, another app update that removes it that they're just going to keep sucking all your clipboard data and sending that to microsoft i'm not real sure <laughs> yeah i well, think the average person's probably going like oh an equality check oh thank goodness oh yeah that Finally. sounds good sounds so good and there's just so much inequality finally they're they're getting on it well there are That's so yeah there's equality is important yeah there's weird the things. most important thing well it is equality is very important um your data should be important to you there was an article on bleepingcomputer.com where i mean i saw the headline and i'm like i don't really understand it was google will ban ads for stalkerware starting august 11th okay so let's we understand stalkerware kind of apps that you could install Wait, on google's s- never going to be able to advertise again i guess there's <laughs> that but I just think it's funny that there are these apps that people use to spy on their boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whoever, you know, kids, what you're whatever you're adding this to somebody's phone for it to be stalkerware, it has to be without their knowledge, which opens up a whole bunch of questions anyway that you'd have to have access to their phone. And once you can do that, I don't know. So we're talking Facebook SDK here, right? because they're doing the same thing but i just thought it was interesting that okay google's making a stand and they'll no longer have ads for stalkerware starting august 11th so i'm like well today's july 10th why are we going another month (laughs) was there an asterisk next to the announcement that said that it only applies to conservative apps it it should i mean i don't know uh, exactly what google's going out for I, i i i I, I don't mean to sound cynical here. I, I don't have to mean to. It just happens automatically without my knowing. Uh, but Google is pretty much burned all of their uh, their goodwill when it comes to trying to protect me online. It says yeah. stalkerware tech allows third parties to monitor one's mobile device without the user's knowledge, as well as to collect sensitive user information related to the user's location and online activity later to be used for blackmail or other various malicious purposes according to sir so spencer it does, it, it does collect your political affiliation then it may sir spencer said oh. it's legal if you're married which i think is bizarre so you can uh if you're married you could do whatever you want with your spouse's phone that's uh 
I wasn't aware of that. I mean, it may be true. I'm there are, as you said, I'm so many laws that we don't understand. I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that Dame Bemrose has been installing all kinds of tracking apps on my phone to find out where I am. Or she knows I'm always in the drawer here. Yeah. These are programs that can be used to monitor text messages, phone calls, browsing history, GPS trackers, uh, and the promotion of surveillance equipment, which are cameras, audio recorders, dash cam, nanny cams marketed with the express purpose of spying. So, okay, Google, you, you're making a stand, oh, but why, why is there, why do we still get another month of ads for these? I, I'm maybe they, they have investments in this and they're they're They got to be making money somewhere with it. I mean, I can't, I can't really see them. I mean, getting rid of them would be like getting rid. It's not really getting rid of the competition because they're, I mean, they're doing sort of the same thing taking your taking data um unbeknownst to you and collecting it um maybe they need that time in order to release an sdk that that gets around the policy maybe it does say yeah (laughs) that according to google there are exceptions included in the updated advertising policy such as private investigation service ads and advertising of services and products that parents can use to monitor or track they're underage children. I mean, uh, I don't know what underage uh, is yeah. there. Parents. Uh, yeah. Because th- they're the only ones who would ever want to attract somebody. Right. But it's like, okay, so uh, if you're allowing this for children, how so if if you're allowing an app that you can install on somebody else's phone that will do all this stuff, spy on their GPS, their phone calls, their texts, how are you going to keep adults from using that against adults? There's no way. No, there's no way. Well, you're... I mean, assuming people at Google and Facebook are adults, which is, is a, that's you, questionable. You know, what, <laughs> what one red flag that popped up while you were reading that is their, their definition of what a stalker app is apparently depends on how it is marketed. That doesn't seem to make any yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Like that, how it's marketed, like, like you're, you're spying on a spouse or a friend or whoever, but then it's like, so, oh, but you know, we're spying on our children making sure that who who they're talking to and monitoring what they're doing. So I'm all good if I make a a spying app and market it as a flashlight app. No, no, I think it's, you're okay. If you do a spying app, but say it's to monitor your children and then people can use it for whoever. That's an awesome loophole. Yeah. And most of the people around here act like children. So, I mean, huge loophole. There will probably be a check Mark that says, you have to verify you have children that you're using this on. And then that will be their security check. It reminds me there was a, there was a Beavis and butthead episode. Does, does the check Mark involve clicking a whole bunch of boxes to identify where the stop sign is in the. No, no, just one simple oh. checkbox. They want your money. They don't want to put you through that, but it reminds me there's a Beavis and butthead. I think they were going to buy fireworks or something. So they walk into the store and there's a big sign up behind the guy that says you must be 18 to purchase whatever. And they walk in and he's like, how old are you guys? And they're like, we're like 12. And he points to the sign. He's like, no, no. How old are you? We're like 14. And he's like pointing at the, keep, keep pointing at the sign and asking. And that's kind of what I see with this. Like, oh, are you, you're buying it for your kids, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Sure. Don't, you're not using it on your girlfriend, right? Or your wife or your whatever. No. So we're about out of time, but I just wanted to mention. Are you uh, dying? Two more. Yeah, I I am actually I'm, I'm dying to go to the bathroom. You're out of time. Get into a big conversation. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Twitter had a data breach. 
No. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't even need to go any farther than that. You pretty much know everything I'm going to say. Twitter uh, had a then, data breach. Don't trust Twitter. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, this one fascinated me. Blizzard now allows free sex changes for World of Warcraft characters. Uh, well, they were normally shot- like a charge for that. Apparently, oh, so- it cost fifteen dollars to change the sex of your character. Um, and as of the Shadowlands expansion to World of Warcraft, there will be an in-game barber shop that you can <laughs> use to do it for free. Uh, wait, so wait, I, wait. You know, just just a little <laughs> off the top and a lot off the front, I guess. What are we teaching our kids? You can go to a barber shop for a sex change. <laughs> I, I really want. Now I want a viral video of somebody walking into a barber shop. Be like, "Yep, snip it off." <laughs> yeah. How, how much? How much do you want off? All of it, baby. <laughs> so, so yeah. is it either you you pay fifteen dollars, or you go into the barber shop, or or you pay oh, no, fifteen dollars no. uh, and go to the barber shop? No, before the so I, apparently uh, before the patch, there was no in-game way to do it. So you would have to pay fifteen dollars, and an admin would go in to the database and and i'm guessing do it manually or something uh, oh, okay. but it, they they charged money because apparently it wasn't easy as of the expansion coming out next month <laughs> you will be able to go in and get like a, a little off the sides and uh you know a mullet trim and also i'd like boobs yeah and cold acid i like the leech treatments at the local barbershop still i mean it's we're just we're very very progressive you get a leeching you get your blood draw i mean it's great you mean the doctors used to be the place you went for all, or the barbershop was the place you used to go for all that, um, but not anymore. But at least it's it's an interesting thing that they're having this, that there is an actual uh, place to go in the game now for your for your sex change. And I mean, I yeah. don't know how do you add on that's that's the more and, questionable and part. There, there there will also be uh, World of Warcraft's the the expansion will include World of Warcraft's first official openly transsexual NPC. Although, since these things aren't even human, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to show that. <laughs> but I'm not asking. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. And, you know, there's so much of this stuff that's going into the the world of entertainment, including the gaming thing, that it's just where it's not needed. It's like all of this just seems to uh, it seems to take my interest away from so much of this stuff and i know we're the old white guys like wouldn't it be great if things were like it was when we were kids but it's like it has nothing to do with you know racism or the economy or anything else it was the world before the internet where you could have rational conversations with people triggering wasn't a thing and logic just seemed to be something like 80 90 percent of the people had where today it seems like logic is you know maybe what five ten Okay, maybe that's low. 30%, 33, something like that. Oh, the magic number. Yeah. Oh, for a simpler time. But uh, so tell us what we need to know, Carolyn, about Hogstore. I mean, we still haven't figured out. uh, Are you you and John like a couple? I mean, is there like a sexual tension there? What's going on? (laughs) Well, um, well, well, yeah, we are a couple. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And and we that's like and we started doing hog story, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then we evolved in podcasters in in um in the smoker. And I I think I think it's uh it's great that we 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 started this show um 
it it wasn't lot it didn't start live streaming we were uh, live to tape for for quite some time and then um and then we uh i think it was like i think it was the last year when we started um doing doing the live streams uh and it's and it's a totally different um uh, it's a it's a totally different thing than than uh, simply just recording um and i'm really happy with uh with uh, and proud of what john and i've been doing um i, I think we've uh, created a um a, a, an excellent community i mean uh, obviously you know com- coming from the no agenda um uh, uh coming from no agenda uh, i guess like we brought over a lot of uh, people and it's just it's just an excellent uh community um it is a totally different vibe once you go is. live once yeah. you have people in a chat room that you usually have to ignore otherwise you're going to totally mess up the show if you're trying adam curry is a professional at that uh, i'm getting better but it, it's hard to follow along with the troll room pay attention to what bemro i mean especially bemro's what he's saying and um and keep everything that on track right i mean that's I mean, there's only well, so I, much. Uh, well, I think what what uh, I think uh, what's what's ha- um, cer- certainly in the last few months, um, you know, Grumpy Old Ben's Nick the Rat Hog story. We've we've um, we've been able to provide a a place for people to um, to come to to have a companionship and um, and uh, a community uh, when when we're all in this in this weird situation where we can't go outside or we can't go to do our normal day-to-day life but um i know on wednesday at night i'll be able to to go back to to listen to nick the rat and and have that have that companionship i can call and leave a voicemail um and in and on fridays i can listen to to grumpy old ben's um because i because i know you both will be there and I and I think it's it's we we've we have um, done such an, a great service, and I think we've helped so many people um, throughout throughout this whole thing. Yeah, the COVID thing has been nuts. Yeah, pardon. I, I I think you you just you nailed it right there with the having being a part of a community is so important for you know again human beings who are social creatures and and when we for whatever reason can't go outside and and interact with humans there having a group of people and especially having the consistency of shows that go on every single week is is really valuable and i think it provides our our community members who otherwise might be you know going losing their minds and going out and burn down burning down a target or something a, a safe space where they can come and be triggered with us it is safer it is much oh, safer yeah. The, yeah. the hog story vibe hogstory.net is much calmer than the uh grumpy old Ben's vibe <laughs> uh, um yeah there's no question about that although i don't i don't approve of you know fletcher dropping new types of stimulants or depressants during the show because then you never know what's going to happen you got to you do those things off air and then just record and bring the <laughs> clips in if it works if it's a train wreck Although, I mean, it would be interesting if there was video and Fletcher was just sitting there like, I'm seeing colors. If uh, there wasn't at least one train wreck per show, it wouldn't be Hog Story. You know that. <laughs> that's part of the that's part of the formula. Well, well, some some episodes are better than others. I I, I would think that some sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I didn't see I didn't uh, 
I stepped, I said too many, I didn't say enough or I said too much or I sounded stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, well, I always, I always get that, but, but I, but as, but as we go, as we do the show, as, as we get on with doing the show more and more, um, I stop thinking like that and I just, tr just have fun and just think about like having fun. And, and I think about, I, I we're, we're bringing joy to people. And it doesn't matter what I'm thinking. Of, it's been really cool listening to your, your evolving as a podcaster because you're only, you know, you only started a couple months ahead of me and, but she's already both, so much better. Well, it didn't take much. Well, that's I true. plateaued early. Uh, <laughs> but and it, she can it, go it hours is, without a co-host, which is, I don't know if you're, I, I could go without a co-host. <laughs> I just can't go hours without a bathroom break. <laughs> well, you, I guess just need a really long microphone cord. <laughs> maybe that's it um it, it's it's incredible at least for in my experience how much better you get when you stop thinking about how good you are and just think about creating the content and having a conversation and i've I've definitely seen you drop into that that mode uh and you know i would too if if darren were any good to talk to right i just try to to keep your um the rant levels up and since everybody keeps wanting more rant, I have to keep figuring out ways to get more to bring you up to the next level. And uh, that we're getting to dangerous levels now. That's why you know, I was trying to push you a little I, bit earlier today, fingering Carolyn was the calming influence here. But I think she was just throwing gasoline on the fire. She wanted the full <laughs> Bemrose. Like, go ahead. I, and, and thank you for that. You, you know, I, I feel like I, you know, I, I haven't listened to uh, the the random thoughts from a couple days ago, but I will tell you, I, I was actually concerned about you last week with and that, that pulsing blood vessel in your forehead during that show. It was, it was some quality rant there, Darren. Well, yeah, we get good. I mean, and, and the, you know, the normally random thoughts were supposed to be happy and fun and light. But after the, uh, I mean, I did, there was like an hour long rant episode about all of this insanity going on and i was like i, I had to take some breaks because you know my voice was starting to crack i had to you know drink a little bit of warm coffee stuff like that and over that next week the most donations ever that ever came in in a week for random thoughts came in so i'm like okay i think we got to embrace this we got to embrace the dark side we have to go full bemrose and if we're not mad yeah. people aren't sending money you're, yeah, you're you're learning that that going full Bemrose is the secret of success in a podcast. <laughs> I mean, you learned it from like Alex Jones and uh, and uh, me. Yeah, I think so. No, that that was an innate ability that I was born with. <laughs> go go ask my mom. Like you know, 1975, and I'm like popping out, going, <laughs> and it pretty much never stopped. So it's just happening all the time. It's kind of what I thought of. There's a, I don't know if you, either one of you have seen a show called Brockmire. I just discovered it's been around for a few years and I guess it's run. Uh, it's oh, three yes. Years. Yes. Um, guy from, uh, the Simpsons who, yeah. and, and he's no longer doing the voice of, uh, Apu. I, I'm, his name escapes me right now. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Yes. Yes. That's a great show. Brockmire, if you have not seen it. We, we're like through the first season and he plays okay. a baseball announcer, <clears throat> which I thought was, okay, this will be interesting. And the first episode, if you like dark comedy, 
you're going to really dig the show because the first episode comes in. He's in the broadcast booth and he's calling a game and he's opening up a bottle of whiskey and he's chugging it. And he's talking about how it was the 20 year anniversary of the first time he ever told his wife he loved her. And he ends every broadcast with, honey, put this, you know, put the dinner on. This game is over. And he's like, so, you know, I had some time. I went home to surprise her with some gardenias. They're her favorite flower. And while he's going through this whole story, he's not missing a thing going on on the field. You know, he's going through the story. Oh, and there's a long fly to left. And then he goes right back into. So I go home and she's, you know, she's got a, a strap on on with the neighbor. And a, there's this orgy going on. And uh I mean, he just totally, totally flips out, but not missing a play, which was showing the the quality the of his. Did I just walk back to? Yes, I mean that was uh, you. You, I know you went to the Bemrose break, but he's going through this whole story, and he leaves the United States for ten years. He's a guy who doesn't have any of these social medias, uh, so he comes back. Long story short, for this little minor league team in the middle of Philadelphia, uh, the Pennsylvania area, Philadelphia area, somewhere I think it was, and he doesn't know anything about the internet. In that he's become like the, he was like the first video that ever went viral. That his wife doing somebody with a strap on her name was Lucy. So you know the one <laughs> young assistant kid that's helping him out. He's like. You know, hey, it's somebody. It's not my fault. You know, she Lucy. You know, your best. And he's like Lucy. People. Do, and she's like, yeah, that's slang now for you know a woman doing a guy in the ass. And this really interesting, uh, interesting comedy that uh, you know, if you if you need a break. So this is why I need to learn better bladder control because if I ever leave and you go off leash, then you end up going full strap on. I don't understand it. Yes, Brockmeyer. That is exactly the <laughs> yeah. show. Net net, and that was. You know, him just totally losing his shit. That to me was like, yeah. oh, we can, uh, I can one, integrate that into the podcast. But I thought it was hilarious that when he finally gets together with the girl, that they show them in the middle of passion and he's calling it because he's an announcer. And that's, uh, <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. There was some good stuff. And if you're, I mean, I guess if you're good at the podcasting stuff, I'm just, I just imagined a young Bemrose doing a podcast at like seven years old, but just into the air around him. And that kind of made me think of Brock Meyer. I, I mean, think that was me much, when I was little. Yeah, for sure. That, that was pretty I, much I, what happened. I, I knew what I was. I, I, I knew what I was supposed to be doing way back then. And that was when I wasn't was, when I wasn't busy teaching my brother algebra. <laughs> uh, that poor, poor family. But we do have some people to thank for this episode, including sergeant fred who came in with a handwritten note so we can be like dvorak here kind of feel like uh was it david letterman here in my hands uh with the top 10 list uh sergeant nice sound effects yeah well that's actually yeah, that just great that's really was nice. that an envelope that you like you ripped open no this you, is the actual little note that he sent right in front of the microphone oh Oh, cool. Yeah. And if you do that enough, will you accidentally tear the paper? If I do it yeah. hard enough and I wouldn't want to do that, it would be much harder to read. But I mean, this is where that's what a professional does for the sound. I mean, Fletcher has a soundboard and he presses buttons and gets sounds. No, no. I create them here, whether it was with the slide of a nine millimeter stapler or a piece of paper. This is theater of the mind here on Grumpy Old Ben's. But Sergeant or Fred says, watch the hot story video feed. I've been trying to get that, but their Patreon's been down. It's been very annoying. But you have yeah, to. Yeah, it's really hard to get the 20. Where, where do we at? 
38 K. Um, now, now it's at 48 K. You better have unlimited bandwidth for that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is, yeah. is that the bandwidth of your video? 48 K. Well, that's the it's resolution. A, that's the video. Yeah. That's the video resolution we get is a uh, 48 K. It's, um, I mean, 4k wasn't enough. No, it just wasn't enough. No, I don't even when know what kind of to see oh. camera every, every single smoke particle coming off the smoker. Yes. You got to. Yeah. And then to record that, you would need like a terabyte for every 15 seconds. So, I mean, you need a lot to save that kind of data. But Sergeant Fred said this is his second donation. So we thank him to the grumpy old Ben show. I really enjoy your topics, your viewpoint and your episodes. I'm no stranger to donations as I'm an executive ex- executive assistant uh, producer of the No Agenda show and that very well our podfather Adam and JCD as well. I agree with you that and the No Agenda team that this virus crisis has been using bogative numbers and uh, I don't think there's any question about that to control the slaves. Keep up the good work. So this is obviously just to me, not to you, Ryan. And I am becoming a fan of GOB. And we thank you, Sergeant Fred, for uh, helping our little podcast here. Thank you, Sergeant Fred. It's it's clear that you are an expert. Yes. And you need to keep that up. He is. And uh, we, and, and I will have you know that I would do good work if I were willing to do any work. <laughs> that's right. Okay. There's okay. So that's the problem. It's like he's will. He could uh, he, if I was willing to do work, my work would be phenomenal. But doing work there's there's the breakdown and we also have a donation coming in another monthly one from our buddy keith von dyke so if you want to get in the monthly donations we really appreciate that go to grumpyoldbens.com click the subscribe button first so you never miss an episode and then click the donate button or use the qr code for bitcoin we have a snail mail address which is what sergeant fred used and we appreciate that so many different ways you can use pop money you can go to patreon.com grumpy old bens where we now have i think three people on patreon so i know that's an easy way for some people to do it mm-hmm. we appreciate it even though we have put zero content there so this is maybe the genius of patreon is you just set up a page and put up a monthly donation and then you never have to look at it again we 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 and we put up all that extra content because patreon is worth it Yes. Oh, and you're absolutely right, Digi Guru. That was also where I've heard that from here, which is El Rushbo. I have it right here in my formerly nicotine stained hands. Everybody loves El Rushbo. I'm glad he's still around. The the lung cancer thing is not usually a uh, something you get and then last as long as he already has. So it's good he's fighting that. We need more guys like El Rushbo on the air because the uh, the leftist media is starting to starting to crush the souls of everybody in the world and it's not good that's why we're here we're trying to bring some sanity and reason and you know hopefully a little entertainment somewhere along the way but is there anything you need to plug for hog story carolyn are you looking for another co-host i mean bemrose always says i'm looking for a new co-host uh trying to you know keep improving the show i mean are you going to jettison fletcher go solo is there a solo career coming what's going on no, no hog story. It's uh, John Fletcher and I. We we host Hog Story, um, and it's the best. And he's the best. I couldn't have asked for a better person to do the show with. And we just we just have such a great uh, time. So you're not going to trade me, Fletcher, for Bemrose? No, no, no. I I 
uh, John Fletcher rocks. But okay, what and if I he, what if we, I we're doing you, such a great show and like a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars in Bemrose for Fletcher? Will you do that? Two hundred dollars in Bemrose for Fletcher? No, you're not. No. Five hundred. No, Let's take this negotiation off <laughs> offline. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like I feel like there's a, a deal to be worked out here, but maybe maybe not on recording. We don't want to. We don't want to give a, give up all the going rates. <laughs> what is the might going compromise? <laughs> might compromise further negotiations. That's true. What is the going rate for Ryan Bemrose? Find out next time. <laughs> And grumpy old edge, but thank you for hanging out with us, Carolyn. Always a lot of fun thank talking you for to you. Thank you for having me, Darren. Thank you for having me, Ryan. That's, it was a great show. Thank you. It's always fun to hang out on the Hog Story stream. It is the best, I'm going to say. I mean, nothing against Fletcher, but when you go solo, there's a whole different vibe. So try that a little bit more. Maybe release those shows. I mean, Billy Bones can do it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just don't I, know if people have the patience because I have four hours of recording of just me talking. Well, that's, well, that's a good place that's to start. Four episodes. Yeah, that's, that's a really good place to start. I mean, okay, there's editing, but then you just chop that up into little areas and uh, and you put that out there. The solo shows are, they're a whole different vibe, just like going live from going just directly to tape, but it's definitely worth doing. And I think it makes you a better co-host as well. I mean, but again, I mean, the way to really get into this co-hosting and to get better is to do it with Ryan. So, I mean, you should try that at some time, but. With that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I keep trying to get rid of my co-host, but nobody wants to take them. And from America's left coast, where I'll stop ranting just as soon as the world becomes sane again. I'm Ryan Bebros. That's never going to happen. <laughs> coming Which to you part? live from the top of uh, the Aurora Borealis, Canada. I'm Carolyn Blaney. Stay sane in Canada. Hey, eh? will do. Thank you.